0: This is Mouth Media Network, audio for business. Hi, I'm
1: Dr. Tope Mitchell, CEO and co-founder of Reflect Me. We're a B2B SaaS platform that empowers brands to speak to the needs of 100% of their online customers instead of only 30% of their potential customers with the click of a button. What I love about fashion is that it allows you to have a second skin you know it can be your arbor one day it can be your message another day I really love the way that I can create a mood and bring joy with me with a certain color you know control a room with a certain vibe so that's what I love about fashion
0: from New York City you're listening to Fashion Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business
2: in the fashion industry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Fashion Is Your Business. I'm one of your hosts, Mark Rako, and uh, I am with Pubin Ball, staring at me with his Yankees cap on, as he should be. How, hey, are, how are you, Pavan? Dude, I'm doing hey.
0: great. The Yankees are on a tear right now. Slow start, but we're, we're in it.
2: All right. Well, you know, uh, I believe if you uh, hadn't got your vaccine yet, uh, is the Yankees doing the thing where you can get a shot and get a ticket to see the game or something like that? I don't know exactly. Well, I don't know if they're
0: giving a a ticket necessarily. I think uh, the Mets are known for giving out free seats and trying to get people in their doors. But, um, you know, do you remember back in the day they used to give like if you gave a Pepsi can, you'd get in for free over at Shea Stadium? (laughs) Anyway, um, no, 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 but, but they are doing like the, uh, the vaccinated sections and stuff like that. Similar to like city field is rolling that
2: out. Right, So I'll probably go visit, visit them a few times this season. Have you ever, have you ever gotten this? I'm sure you have. Have you ever gotten to sit in like the, uh, like the super luxury, uh, box seats, uh, where they like have a waiter that comes over to you and serves you food and takes your order and you have your own bathroom area and all that, man. That is the only way ever since I did that one time, my wife got like this incredible, like American Express special package deal somehow. And we got to go do that. And it's really hard to go back and sit in the nosebleed seats after that. Let me tell you. I don't know, man. Uh,
0: if if, if I, I love the last row in the stadium when your back's up against the fence, like that's literally my number one. Um, And then close second is in the bleachers with the with
2: the bleacher creatures. But um, OK, fair enough. Yep. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, let's uh, enough of that. Let's yep. uh, let let's get get let's get playing here. See what I did there with our guest, uh, Tope Mitchell. Tope, welcome, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you uh, and to learn about your company, Reflect Me. It's very cool. How are you?
1: Thank you. I am great. Super excited to be here and talk to you all. I'm just super jazzed, just happy dance. You can't see Yay. my feet,
2: but... Yeah, is that what they do down, <laughs> down North Carolina, where you're from?
1: Down North Carolina in Carolina
2: We in know I'm, I'm not
1: from North Carolina. I'm a transplant, but you uh, know they well, have welcomed us with open arms, so I love you, it.
2: You have to adapt to the way things are. I remember when I moved to Maryland, being originally from upstate New York, western New York, uh, when I moved to Maryland years ago, and I went to my first restaurant, like a takeout, like fast food or whatever, a Burger King or something like that. I went, and uh, and you know, I expect to be like, you know, I want to order my burger, and they're like, "Here you go, to dollar nineteen, get out of here, blah blah blah." And they were like, "All right, sugar, <laughs> we'll get that rate for you. Would you like right. a?" Cope do you want with that? S- Here's our right. sizes. No, we are right, right. It's like like, like Southern ASMR. Yeah, just... and
1: yeah, I
2: was like, I guess I'm in the South, even though it's just Maryland. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> it was such a different change. Anyway, all right. No, well, I've rough... had to
1: I've had to learn a lot of things, like people, like because I I was born in California, but things are just more relaxed, and so just like bringing gifts and people just do a lot more. I feel like it's, you know, just bringing gifts Mm. and doing a lot of things. It's really
2: cool. Have you had anyone bring you a pie?
1: (laughs) You know what? No one has brought me a pie, but definitely like just gifts galore. I mean, when you go to a place with a gift, they will give you a gift back. You know, it, it's just I don't know. it's Just there's just a lot of gift giving, you know, and um, I, I think it's really great. I'm learning how to do it. I'm I'm learning how to have that southern vibe.
2: Well, uh, I'm glad that that you're uh, you're having that opportunity. All right let's let's uh, let's lead off, shall we? I want to start this. This may seem like an obvious place to start, but I think it's important because what you decide to call your company, a lot of times has to do with the vision of not just what you are delivering and how you see yourself now, but also the trajectory you're trying to send yourself on. So tell us why uh, reflect me reflect with a K, by the way, reflect me embodies what you intended to do and where you think you're going.
1: Thank you. That's a really great uh, question because we're a purpose-driven company, right? And so when you're purpose-driven, it's not only the soul and identity of your company, but it's also the journey that you're on at the same time, right? So- you know, I'm I'm Dr. Tope, right, CEO and co-founder of Reflect Me, and getting that doctorate and being a sociologist was so that I could be like Martin Luther King. Like, that's why I chose sociology, is I wanted to change the world. And when I got into grad school, the first thing they say is, you're not going to change the world with that, right? Um, but I ended up finding, you know, that working consumer insights and multicultural insights and product management over global streetscapers that I was able to give a voice to populations that were untapped. But so many times brands had a difficult um, experience trying to implement those insights. So I was thinking, okay, what is like a tech enabled solution that I can create to really help bridge that gap between all the good that companies actually want to do and the difficulty that they have implementing it. And I looked over my daughter who was two and a half at the time, she's five and I now have a son who's 14 months. She was washing her hands and I was like, she's still washing her hands. What's my baby doing? And she was lost in her reflection. Like she was lost in just a pure love of who she is, you know, and two and a half. It's outside of the male gaze. It's not really informed by a lot of like media and other images. And I thought, that's it. That's the vision. That's reflect me. That's where we maintain and give back that pure love of ourselves. And so when we break that down, a lot of it is because when we go into this like digital world that's created, right? When we go into shopping online and looking at movies, there's really one ideal. And then we break ourselves down based on how far away we are from that ideal. And if we democratize that, and if we show I'm a size 14, right? 70% of women are a size 14 when I, well, I'm not, but as as the average woman, I'm a size 14. When you go to shop online, can you see a size 14? Can it be more than 1.4% of the media images that we see? And that's why the name of the company is this call to action. It's like, I hear my daughter's voice reflect me. I hear, you know, women and also men and also, you know, people with different ability, you know, and, and different, um, gender fluidity and, you know, all of these groups saying, reflect me, like it's time. So that's, that was the name.
0: (laughs) I mean, so uh, so, so it is, it's, it's a recommendation tool essentially. Right. right? Um, And I'm wondering, is this, is this using visual search algorithms? Like how are, how, how is it recommending?
1: Good question. So We're a B2B SaaS platform. And the the way that the recommendations work is that we actually tap into the real style of real people. And so what brands get is they get this portal that allows them to bring in all the inspiration from UGC, from influencer content, from working with our brand managed content, and they're able to tell stories online. So if you're shopping on a site, you actually get to see how a real person styled it, how they styled it all over the world. Like you're in Queens, and then you're in Fayetteville and you see that people wear their jeans differently. You see that they are styling the shoes in a different way. And because we're using real people and harnessing that, awesome level of style and inspiration, you're able to get recommendations of, oh yeah, that's how I would wear that shirt. Because sometimes when people buy something online, they're like, oh, I don't know how that's going to look on me. I don't know like how to style it with other things. And with Reflect Me, you have this full package of inspiration and fun and it's genuine and collaborative. It's like, this is really how people are wearing these
2: clothes. So let's go back to that a little bit. You talk about, you mentioned fun there so it seems like there's two things because two two of the leading members of your team are both Dr. Mitchells. Uh and is who is who is uh Dr. Gerald Gerald Mitchell to you?
1: Uh well Dr. Gerald Mitchell is the love of my life and father uh. of my children. Um We actually met in grad school. So we know how to build. Like we kept each other all the way through. Both of us were not really sure what a doctorate was. We were just smart kids who got, you know, a chance and we're learning this together. And so we finished our doctorates together. His is from USC, mine is from Indiana University. And we built our first company to help at risk youth together. Um, But the bread and butter of that was No Child Left Behind. So when the administration changed, we had to switch it up and pivot. But we, you know, we know how to build. And so with this um, venture, we've been building, he's a dean at HBCU. So he knows how to work with large budgets, manage multifunctional units, hire, create um, cultures, you know, and when I was reading about um, like starting a venture in tech, a lot of things that stop startups is that they don't know how to scale. They don't know how to hire. They don't know how to create like a really like loving, supportive, efficient, productive culture, like, like how James Reed does with Ashley Stewart, where he's just like, you can see the the love and the passion and, and the care for the customers and the employees and the mission. And so I, you know, had to have Gerald do this with me because he knows how to do it. Like I have a vision for what I want and he's been able to build that where he, wherever he's worked at. So also, in terms though.
2: in terms of what you've built and what, what you're trying to build. Um, mm-hmm. So, so interesting because you know, you, you have, you have you to pay uh, a sociologist uh, amongst other things, obviously. And then uh, Gerald, who is uh, you know, more on the psychology side. So you've got this mixture of sociology, psychology, and then tech and business. So where, tell us more about that recipe for reflect me that is that blend of both you know algorithms and tech and and business and all that and then you you can't avoid the sociology and the psychology not just being an add-on but being central to the dna of of why this can even be successful
1: right that's a really good point with us It started off, you know, as we talked about just this this need to change society and to understand how people were currently behaving and how we can harness that to make a change. So even when we made our demo, that demo was made by gerald and i with like no no tech people gerald is just amazing and he's really great with um creating really smart ux and and putting together i mean i don't know how he knows how to do this but he just he made this <laughs> front-end demo i was like okay babe i didn't know you know and so he made this and we knew that we had something but everyone kept saying well you're not tech you know you're not technical you're not technical and we went to black women talk tech we were denied from the first level of this pitch competition because we were at idea stage they they had a secondary pitch competition on the floor where you had to do rapid fire we showed our demo I just put up like all these um little ipad like pads and stuff put up these demos and women were coming up and having audible gasps when they were pretending to buy like t-shirts wow. on the site they were like I've never seen anyone in my size you know I've never seen and they just we won. They voted on us and we won. And I was literally there like, I'm, you know, you come to win, but you're also looking around like, that's a smart company right there. <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that's a good one. Like, yeah, that's a good one. And when we won that 30k, it was like, we're onto something like you have to start with the need you have to understand what customers want and then you you go with the tech to build it to make it fun to make it work to make it convert you know to increase engagement and so we started to get you know allow ourselves to have more swag about our skill set and what we were building and you know and so as we built out our team and brought on really smart people in infrastructure and development um they they also caught on to the heart feel of what we were creating the the change we were making and how all of it is informed by consumer insights people go to instagram people go to youtube you want people to also go to your website you don't want them to jump to another ecosystem and go oh that shirt is cute let me go see how this other person wears it let me go see what it looks like on another size you want them to stay on your site and not only will they stay on there but they'll go this brand cares about me they don't just want my money and not care about my experience with the product, they're amplifying the voice and experience of someone who looks like me, right? And like, and has this style. And I think that that's a two-way conversation that like web 2.0 that e-commerce is missing, right? That conversation. So so that's where a lot of this is based with the sociology and the psychology. How do I feel? And there was even some neurological research done in uh, Florida State University where they found that when they showed women consumer images of the standard model, they showed neurological distress, you know, their outcomes. But when they showed them women that look like them, they didn't show those patterns of distress. And so, for you know, for me, it's like we can do that. Like we, there's so many levels to, to how this helps people and also brands, you know, with engagement, conversion and decreased returns and card abandonment.
2: Have you taken a look at StoryDot yet? Every brand and every product has a story to tell, and you can't successfully sell that brand or product without telling the story. StoryDot delivers your story wherever you want it to be heard. You can meet your customers at each point in their journey, connecting the dots between your business and the consumer to enhance engagement, experience, and conversion. I encourage you to take a look at StoryDot at StoryDot.com. That's (laughs) S-T-O-R-I-D-O-T.com.
0: You know, there, there's elements of your product that remind me of another New York Fashion Tech Lab company called Lily.ai, which uh, essentially takes that psychology approach to, let's say, AI-enabled chat. Um, so talking through recommendations through the chat engine. And then the other side is something that I've seen uh, from you know, from Olapic in 2009, 2010, which is essentially bringing up. Um, you know, social media images, uh, product tags that are around social into the product pages, kind of down below a little bit. Um, Yeah. How do you feel about those parallels?
1: Oh, yeah. So I mean, there's those and then there's, you know, there's another company as well that uses real people. And I think what's great about what we do is that those other companies are fantastic partners for us as well, right? We're not working necessarily with the algorithms, we're creating that end experience. So we have um, you know, we you place the reflect me button, just even easy JavaScript on your page, it connects to our API. On the back end, there's this portal you can communicate with your influencers or with our content creators you can curate the content you can deploy it on our site you can use it in email messaging you can use it in your on your social media accounts and so we stop the chain of pain with the people trying to work with those companies right who have all of this content they they can't use it in other ways or it's difficult to 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 curate it and house it somewhere. So when looking at those companies, what they're doing is dope and amazing. And if we work together, we're just like, you know, making some, we're, we're all these delicious elements making like a wonderful buffet for the online shopping customer. Right. And I think that's something that we as a company thought about when we're thinking this is with, with our vision, with people seeing other people that look like them and making sure we do that at scale. It's not necessarily about let's create something that's going to stop everyone else. It's like, let's create something that's going to get more companies to work with us, work with them and create this inclusive experience across e-commerce. Okay.
0: Let let me unfold this a little bit. This is really interesting. So there's a reflect me button essentially on your client's pages where when you click on it, then it'll populate... Uh, images that are more representative of the audience or the person that's actually viewing that product page now, how does yes. that get how does that get populated? I know you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. you're taking an aggregate of all different kind of like inputs. Is the retailer or the brand also then adding in manually adding in their own inputs to make sure that it's well populated let's say with a diverse array of people and body types?
1: Good question, yes, so what we found is that with different clients, some of them already have hashtag live in Levi's, right? They already have a lot of content out there, but it's like a carousel at the bottom. So let's actually input that so that when you see that size 23, when you click 23, you get it. Like instead of like sitting down and looking at the carousel. So that was one level. Then there was, oh, a lot of our clients are already working with, you know, 12 to 12,000 influencers. So instead of having them put it up on their uh, social media account for acquisition, let's convert that to, let's take that into a conversion engine, right? And let's have them upload that content into the Reflect Me portal so that you can deploy it straight from our button. All our um, clients have to do is just approve. They just send, they send out an invite to that person and say, hey, upload your content through our portal instead of just having it on your social media account. And so then they just can kind of go through and approve it and it populates in the button on their site.
0: Okay. And then on the user side, you're already taking past purchase behavior and, um, and let's, let's say just like intent, uh, around specific products and, and sizes to populate, or do they have to do any sort of manual population? Kind of like what we saw back in the day, this, this might precede your, um, your fashion tech days, but clothes horse, um, which was, you know, essentially like, um, like, uh, you know, you would put, Hey, in Bonobos or in whatever brand in Levi's I'm mm-hmm. this. So then it mm-hmm. would give like those, uh, correlations between other brands, things like that.
1: Right. Yeah. I have seen that with us. Um, those are really smart and they're very mechanical. Ours is more of like a social fit style recommendation where you're inspired by if you go to click rib cage jeans and you 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 open up the reflect me button then you click your size 29 31 32 whatever and then you actually see that real person got it styled right in those clothes and so the reason that ours is different from just pure UGC, we actually talk about it more as brand managed content, is that if you don't have content that is, you know, they have on like a big, another, a competitor shirt on or something like that, we actually have created partnerships where we can supplement that data. But we made sure that our content creators and the people that we, the companies that we've partnered with can give you that diversity. Because the issue that a lot of brands have is that they want those different things to be populated, or they may have influencers that are size 23, but they They don't have, you know, the diversity there. And so what we found is that usually they'll say, okay, we can populate like size 23 and 24 because there are people that we've already reached out to. They already know what, you know, what to show and what not to show, but we don't have those bigger sizes. So from our platform, you can just click within um, that size, within that product. We have like a whole list. You click, you know, your jeans. You click the size and you go, you know, invite model or ask help reflect me, and we will find someone for you. And then once you click approve, then we'll manage the content on the back end so it's it's very yeah it's like we have key touch points with the brands we're not like a service we're working with our partners to do that part but from but for us you don't have to go search and find a whole bunch of influencer agencies or content creators you don't have to do anything it's like we made it even fun for our clients where you feel like you're scrolling through instagram you know like you feel like you're just scrolling through the content and going approve approve okay send me more photos approve approve
0: yeah but even as a even as a brand that doesn't have like let's say a tremendous um, UGC kind of footprint right. online, they can still pre-populate. Like if you want to talk about right. the very base level of diversity and just being size and fit, then yep. you can easily do that and say, okay, well, we have models. So pre-brand images um, mm-hmm. in every different size, right? So that when you click on reflect me, they're already pre-populating each size. So they could have their front and center model be whatever size that they choose. But then- as yes. you go through your own size and press reflect me, then it'll kinda of update the model and the image behind it. And then they could they could grow and scale from there with like kind of pulling in those those different elements that are automated.
1: You're absolutely right. I mean, people, you know, they like to see that promotional image, you know, and so they're going to see that. But when you have the confidence to buy, the confidence to buy more, um, the confidence to make a whole outfit from that brand, right? Like the cross sell, that's, that's the recommendation piece is like, oh, she's my size. So I trust how that looks, you know? And so that's exactly to your point where that like engagement part comes in on the back end. And what we found with brands is that It's hard for them to find that diversity, so that's why we created those partnerships. But it's also difficult for them to manage all that content And so having it like easily sortable, easily viewed by everyone in the organization, from the brand managers to influencer management to digital partnerships, they can all log in and access that content. And that's what everyone has loved. Like, ooh, when we see that someone's a size 14 or bought a size 14, we can use all those images of people styling, you know, with different clothes from our inventory. We can send those in emails to people as well. Right.
0: Yeah. I, you know, th- this is uh, yeah, th- I, I like the flexibility on the brand side and how easy it is to, let's say, implement. I'm wondering, like right now you you had mentioned that you were in a few competitions, uh, of course, uh, you know, the, it seems like you're in, uh, let's say, transitioning from startup to growth phase. Can you tell us a little bit about like your current kind of client profile or your target profile um, and uh, what you, what your team looks like and kind of where where you are?
1: Okay. Yeah. So um, currently we've realized that there's no fundamental difference in how our technology works across apparel or hair or beauty. And so initially we've targeted a lot of apparel companies that have a core, right? So if you have core products, you have jeans or um, you have um, lingerie or, or, or products that don't change a lot, you can tap into content that you've already created and you know you don't have a, a big turnover. And so that's where we started. But then we realized that as we streamlined the process and made it faster and faster, we can work with brands who their, you know, their season changes every 4 weeks because we can just deploy this out to 2000 influencers to get it done, right? In a week. Yeah. And so that's that's what we've learned is we are on version 2.0 right now of our software where we've just been learning like um, This is what we thought, you know, um, we needed to focus on, but we're actually realizing that we can broaden this out. So we started with apparel. We started focusing on core. We realized we can also service more fast fashion. And then um, as we were at a showcase, we met with more people in hair care and realized that there are some really great options out there. But the fact that Reflect Me brings in like a full hair regimen was was so exciting for them because they send out a product, maybe a styling product, and, and you know, as we talked about, someone may wash their hair with a different, you know, shampoo and then show their product at the end. And so they wanted us because we can actually help them get content creators to show the full process. Also beauty and, and skincare as well.
0: Yeah. I mean look, beauty, skincare, hair, um, you know, if if you have one, let's say, profile of a white woman um, that's using that product, it literally means zero to nothing to another seventy <laughs> percent of folks that are wa- <laughs> that are looking at it.
1: Oh, thank, I love you. Thank you for saying that. Literally, we say like, we empower you to speak to the needs of 100% of your online shoppers instead of 30% of your potential customers, right? Like, that's exactly right. It's it's this understanding. And then also, um, we in marketing, we tend to focus on this idealized image. And we're trying to tell people who their idealized image is. But it's also a little bit tricky. Like, yeah, people think, "Oh, I'm going to go natural, my hair's going to look like Tracy Ellis Ross." No, boo, it's not going to look like Tracy Ellis Ross. Look at someone who has your hair texture, using the products and be like, "That's beautiful," right? And and use the products and see how it's supposed to really work. And I think that that's empowering. When brands start to say, "We don't even want to show you what you'll look like." you know, from our product. And they're not acknowledging that we actually love how our hair looks. We just always see something else. And we think that's what our hair is supposed to look like later.
0: Well, let, let me ask you this. Uh, you've been at this for almost three years. Um, you know, the the pandemic and, uh, you know, kind of the, the confluence between Black Lives Matter and then Stop Asian Hate. And you had uh, this just... Um, you know, the perfect storm of awareness and, um, and not just that accountability on the brand side, which, um, you know, for, let's not get into the the conversation of, you know, authenticity on that level, but you know, that every brand is at least portraying the message of inclusivity and diversity on all accounts. Um, how has your approach changed, if at all, from uh, now, from March 2020 till now? Mm,
1: that's a really good question. You know, when you um, asked earlier about, Our team and I will acknowledge that. I'm sorry, I was just going on and on. Well, let's Um, acknowledge that
0: it's a black-owned business, and you are a woman of color. Yeah,
1: right, right. So, you know, even circling back to the beginning of like why we started, um, what we found though is that when we're talking more so to investors, and when our board is saying, "Yeah, this will resonate," that conversation has changed, right? Because, like, just like you said, there's so much DE and I going on in the back like they're hiring people that they need to hire and they're making some changes but how does that affect like sephora's race and retail report right how does that affect me as an online shopper are you still talking to me right and so there are hashtags where they're like okay what's the percentage of people in your company and this and that and that's because online consumers are like you well consumers in general you need to stand for something. If you want my dollar, it, I need to understand where that's going to go, right? And so when you actually am- financially empower and amplify the voices of all these diverse people on your website, that speaks. And, and I think what um, we also love as well is that because we handle a lot of, um, you know, helping you with the content creation in the back end, there's no, oh, the, the Black woman is paid less than the white man for giving this review right? Um, There's been a lot of that happening in the influencer um, management um, industry. And so with Reflect Me, it's really about their ability to, you know, their, their ability to create good content. It's not about their influence, you know, it's not about those, it's just their ability to, to show great content and have great style and just amplifying that voice. So, so just to your point with racial tensions being top of mind, it's, Let's let's empower these normal people. Let's empower these people with style and and let's show them that they should be seen. Because even with our beta, when we were reaching out to women who were 3XL, 4XL, and they were taking gorgeous pictures and they were just like, this felt so good. This felt so good for you to tell me that you wanted me to represent a brand on their website. And we just used a small T-shirt shop. We group on it, built it out by hand, you know, before we went to version 2.0. With our just Groupon built out by hand, you know, experience, we incre- increased engagement 133%. You know, we were looking at it like, whoa. And so even the experience from the back of like these men and women being empowered to have their image shown and their image pushed and amplified, and then the real people shopping and then seeing like not only a reflection, like not only a a mirror, but a window as well to see like all these different styles and how people are wearing their clothes and it was just, it was a beautiful experience for us. I feel like very uplifting. I feel like it humanizes. Like when, when, when companies started showing black people, um, in ways that were more multifaceted, um, that changed society's view of us because sometimes that's their only window into a different life is like media. So if even when you're shopping for jeans and you're just like, oh, You know, she's not my same like ethnicity, but she's, I love her style. She's rocking it. And I feel like it's not superficial. Like that connection, I feel like will have a deeper impact.
2: How do you account for the view that one has of oneself being perhaps different than the view that a brand may assume that you have of yourself. For example, someone who is ethnically mixed, do you assume they're black or they identify as black, white, mixed? What, how do they identify and where they lean in terms of their fashion choices or and so forth? Uh, then there's, of course, uh, gender neutral. And then there's, of course, uh, even, you know, you have someone that's of a larger size, but... Are they someone that likes loose fitting clothing, or do they prefer tight well, fitting clothing? Can, and are they, you know, are, can I they can I take a stab? Athletic? I'm going to sure. take a
0: stab at it um, from what I anticipate this being. Is that I love that great. Well, uh, uh, what I'm what I'm gathering from Reflect Me is that you know, essentially, they are not, let's say, surfacing. Racial diversity as the key metric here. It's really size diversity, but as you get more and more people populating that back end of content, that UGC content, you will naturally get a diverse array of people and styles. And, you know, like you get that deeper level of diversity naturally that just fits in there. So the brand doesn't necessarily have to identify what they think to be your unique diversity pattern, I guess, Great. or, or so this, DNA. This
2: becomes this becomes a huge strength then. Uh, your brand will become your service, your product will become stronger and stronger in value yeah, as that happens. Yeah. Because yeah. you'll depart further and further from the assumptions that brands make now that can will hit some people but misfire terribly with others.
0: Yeah, I, I think they're just populating based on size, right? From there, it's like they're hoping that they just get a full array of people that are participating or adding to that to that uh, product bucket, essentially. With and their I will contract. say
1: like, yeah, you, you said it beautifully. (laughs) Like, I love, I love exactly what you said. Like, that was exactly what was in my head. And I think going back to our team, right, we have social, we have doctoral level sociologists, psychologists, we have cloud architects, uh, a cloud architect, he's from Argentina, right? And our CTO, like, he's black, his daughter, uh, his wife is Mexican, his children are mixed, each one of them have a different hair texture, right? And so as we talk in groups, right, we're all from different countries. We, you know, we were partnering with a, a company, Sidekicks. And so our tech lead, he's like in Tel Aviv, right? And so when we, when we have these meetings, right? And then our digital community manager, she is actually a micro-influencer and she's a double-digit size-wearing influencer with natural, she has like locks. And so when we're in these meetings, we have di- varying opinions and understandings and levels, right? And so when we come together, it's actually always ends up being something beautiful because we say yeah you know in tel aviv you may not really you know be talking about and especially as men right you may not be thinking about differences and say like skin tone or, or hair texture but that's a big pain point for us not seeing that so when we're looking at the spread of the models we actually within um our partnerships we collect like age and um we don't necessarily look at the metric of rate well we look at race but when within races they're very skin tones right and so um we're not ever thinking with even beauty where you're going to pick your race because your race isn't your skin tone right we're looking at like your foundation shade because your foundation shade is going to you know give you the person that wears, you know, that same uh, lipstick, and you can see what that looks like on them. So within our team, we're always having these discussions of like, what what's the message here? How do we make sure that strategically we're showing a breadth of people, always paying attention to those metrics, but then also we've learned to listen. Like, just because we're from different groups doesn't mean we understand everything. I may not understand what another person is going through in terms of accessibility. So we have a key touch point with our content creators where we, we actually ask, them Like we, we have a level of collaboration with these real people, like you have thin hair, you're using this bomb. Um, don't, you know, be an influencer and just say, oh, it's, it doesn't work. I don't want to use it. Can you actually use it in a multifunctional way? Can you use it as a hair mask and talk about your different utilization of the product in that way? And so that's just more collaborative. And, you know, brands have really been excited about that as well, like merchandising and design like that, that, um feeling of like hearing the voice, you know, so it brings that storytelling component that I used to do and insights to brands as we're building this Mm -hmm. inspirational story on their website.
2: Uh, Excellent to pay. All right. Coming up a lightning special one minute round (laughs) of off the grid questions right after this. Culture starts at the top, and great customer experience, the only competitive strategy in today's world, is fueled by great leadership. We hear and read this every day, but many brands don't drive customer-first strategy. For those at the top who want to make that leap but don't know how, we'll learn from leaders who share what you must do to become customer-centric. I am Liliana Petrova, and this is The One Thing. The One Thing Customer Experience from the Top is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever the best podcasts are found. Time for questions off the grid with fashion is your business. All right. Tope. this is where we get more personal with our questions. We get to know you as a human being. We are, uh, we are in one of those situations where we have a limited amount of time. So we're going to play a special, what I call one minute round, which means your answers may be no more than one minute long. That, that is, that is not a reflection on how long you have been or should be taking. That's just a matter of, our time confinement, so, as we always do, i'm going to spin the wheel of grid destiny to see who asked the first question, and the first question comes from Puvin all right um,
0: yeah i'm I'm curious tope um, of course, your company is enabling folks to identify with brands um closely or closer and feel a sense of belonging to those brands now I'm wondering. Looking back even uh, to early childhood, what is the first experience with the brand that you've had that you remember feeling that if it got me if finally like this resonates, this hits um, and and you've built a relationship with the brand because of it?
1: Mm. that is a really good question, and unfortunately, I have to say it didn't happen in childhood um, you know that's part of the problem.
0: I mean, that's part of yeah, the
1: problem. Yeah, right. Like, that's part of the problem. And I'm not going to, and, you know, even, you know, I love fashion. I feel like fashion is armor, you know, the skin we choose, like how we identify, it's so expressive for us. And so I've always loved it, but I didn't really feel connected to a brand. I would say until like Fenty, you know, like until my thirties, mid thirties. And that was because I literally couldn't wear makeup. Like it was too light for me um, you know, I will say, well, no, I will also say like Amon cosmetics as well. That was the first time where I actually saw, um, I was like in my twenties. Um, and I actually saw makeup tutorials with women who are my skin tone, you know, and then with Fenty, it was just this intersectional level, right? Because I am so, um, I, I love, I just love people. Right. And so I'm, I'm very, I love when there's intersectionality and inclusiveness and Fenty was showing people like she's got a shaved head. And then this is like, you know, um, men wearing makeup and there's like transgender people enjoying makeup. And, enjoy- and so I loved that intersection. Now that felt deep to me where it's like, I know that not only women wear makeup, I know that people wear this in different ways. And so Amon cosmetics, I would say, in my twenties and then Fenty, you know, um, really changed the game for me as well. So I'll say those, those
0: great. And, and I want to make sure to highlight the fact that you brought up James Ree early in the conversation and uh, for our audience, for our audience, that is still remains one of the most impactful, uh, interviews that we've done. Um, it was with James, um, at shop talk, at shop talk, uh, several years ago now, but it still resonates with me, uh, quite a bit. Um, a lot a lot of respect for the work that he does and the approach that he takes uh with mm-hmm. Ashley Stewart and i th- i think he's actually just recently moved on but um mm-hmm. f- incredible mm-hmm.
1: yeah i i just read about him a lot
2: <laughs> all right uh time for another spin of the wheel in our 1 minute version of off the grid questions it is spinning around it is spinning it is sp- and it lands on me okay so here is my question for the uh the the sociology person uh, and, and and my question is give me three words that describe yourself 10 years ago mm. and give me three words that describe yourself now shit mark i love that
1: Oh my goodness. Put her this on is, the recorded. Spot. this is recorded time. in perpetuity
0: on the internet. Okay. Dude, so, I'm, I'm going to be thinking about these words for myself. I'm and saying Just like having that ready. Right. That's a good one.
2: All right.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I would say 10 years ago, it would be one where we would be searching. Um, I was in grad school and I was searching for a way to make an impact on the world. You know, I was really trying to figure out what do I know? What can, what can I figure out to, to make a change because something needs to change. And I was always searching for that in grad school. Um, and then, uh, the second word would be I'm kind of tears, but breaking out. I think I I'm from, uh, I have a like mixed background of like Nigerian and American and Family from all over the world, and I had to learn how to find my own identity and to be like okay with not being normal, like okay with having not understanding things some people are saying, and and having you know just like this mix of of experiences. Um, And then I guess the third thing ten years ago would be love. Um, So that was. Around the time that, you know, I had gotten married and I had found this new level of love, you know, love for someone else and love for myself and uh, love for love. Because I was very focused and I was uh, didn't even date because I was like, no, this is like what I'm going to do. And so my husband made me you know, a better person. OK. And so 10 years now, I would say now it is. um Confident. You know, I'm very, very confident in what I am able to do. I'm fine with iterating. I'm fine with getting feedback. I'm fine with pushing forward because I'm confident that I can execute. Um, I would say the second thing is um, love to the nth power, because now I have these two children that have made me have a deeper love for humanity, a deeper love for, uh, again, myself. And it's just like, you know, the Grinch sort of thing where I had a normal sized heart. And now my heart is like busting out because (laughs) I have these two people that just every day remind me of the, the joy of life and how everyone was someone's baby. And then the third thing I would say is, um, Hopeful. I'm really hopeful. I mean, getting support from you all, getting support from New York Fashion Tech Lab, Founders Gym, Backstage Capital, um, getting support from Creative Destruction Lab, Commerce Stream, like all of these, all of these groups came together and believed in us and gave me hope that, you know, across uh, different lines, across, you know, international boundaries that this, you know, I can make. I can actually make you know my dreams come true and and make this change from what I was searching for ten years ago. So I uh, hope that makes sense.
0: Yeah. It well, Tope, yeah, Toby that doesn't. Uh, so this interview does not uh, replace our need to uh, continue our conversation in terms of our participation in the New York Fashion That's Tech right. Lab together. Uh, however, I do feel like the next um, uh, the the next uh, I guess meeting will be infinitely more productive. So.
2: Awesome. <laughs> Well, thank, thank you. you. To, uh, so let's finish with this uh, to pay. How can people connect with you perhaps directly from a say strategic partnership standpoint or to reach out and then how can they follow the company, find the company?
1: Okay. Well, we are on Instagram at, at reflect with the K R E F L E K T underscore me. Um, we are also um, on Twitter, just at reflect me. And yeah, um, we You can contact me on Twitter at Dr. Tope, T-O-P-E, Rose, one. Ah. And I um, also, do people give their email addresses over? That
2: is me? up to you. It's public, but this is a B2B show, so you you make the call.
1: Okay, yeah, let's do it. Um, you can email me at T-O-P-E, Tope, at reflectme.com.
2: Awesome. All right, Tope Mitchell. Congratulations on Reflect Me. Uh, I just love how sure you are of its future, and uh, and I have to tell you, you made a convert out of me. Uh, the very, not that I not that I didn't think so, but but I'm 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 very confident. This is going to be an exciting path to watch. All right. Well. Uh, good luck to you. Thanks again for being on the show. And that's it for this episode of Fashion is Your Business, everybody. It was uh, sure a fun one and a good one. uh, And we're glad you were here with us all the way to the end. We'll see you next week for another great guest, another great show. Until then, for Pub and Ball. Shake it easy, folks. I'm Mark Rako. Have a great day. Bye-bye.
0: This has been Fashion is Your Business. Produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2021. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at fashionisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. This is Mouth Media Network,
2: audio for business.